0: Dr. Ryan and an omnivore from Pasadena, California.
1: I'm
2: Dr. Brooke Lewis, also an omnivore,
1: but from Vancouver, Canada.
2: Okay, okay, uh, yeah. I'm Joanna Boyd, uh, also an omnivore. Yep, from the Vancouver area.
3: <laughs> I'm Chris Boyd, a dinosaur from <laughs> Coquitlam, British Columbia.
0: Yes. Okay. A dinosaur. Yeah. Well, sorry. I just spring those things on you guys trying to keep you on your toes here at the beginning of the podcast.
1: Yeah. That one was really random.
0: That was. was pretty where,
1: random. How was that primed? Where, where is this one coming from?
0: Uh, just I've been, I've been reading our book club book, right? Which is about uh, kind of the mind body connection. And although this isn't a book on food, we already did This Is Your Brain on Food. We've done that before, but I was just, just kind of had the mind-body stuff in, in mind. And I thought, you know what? I'm not, I don't qualify as a vegetarian or a vegan or any of those. I'm i am still an omnivore. Maybe that's old school these days, but uh, I'm still there. So, I don't know. That's good. I hadn't really checked out your, your diets these days, so I just thought maybe... Maybe something had changed. Maybe you guys had gone vegan on me and I didn't know.
2: I
1: think I, yeah, I'm on my way in that direction, but I still have poultry and fish.
2: Ditto. Yeah. 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 That's yeah. I can't really have dairy or eggs and yeah, I really eat vegetarian a lot or uh vegan. It's convenient. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, it's always good to check.
0: Just check it in. Just check it in on your dietary restrictions. I know awesome.
1: That... We appreciate that.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Maybe it's because I was going to send you guys like a, a big, you know, paella or something. I wanted to make sure that you could all eat it. I'm not sure.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> good thing. That's good. Interesting.
0: Yes. Well, Chris, you're a dinosaur. You want to expand on that at all?
3: No, just in that moment, omnivore kind of sound like a dinosaur. Fair enough. Nothing, uh, nothing more to that one. It's funny, you don't hear the term omnivore too, too often these days. No. It's usually vegetarian and vegan if someone is going to talk about their dietary stance. There were sure. some carnivores out there. I think it was Jordan Peterson's daughter who was on the, the full meat diet. I'm not sure how that turned out for her. I don't really know the research behind it or the reasoning behind that, but
1: that sounds kind of intense considering I thought the majority of research promotes the opposite that we should be eating, you know, the vast majority should be fruits and vegetables.
3: Yeah. I think I think Jordan Peterson had tried it out too. They all meat diet. But again, I, I don't, I don't, uh, I don't know too much about it or what the uh, reasoning was behind that, but mm-hmm. omnivore. Yeah, I don't think I've heard that term
0: in years. Oh, ah. Well, mm-hmm. yes, there was a book here a few years ago. Michael Pollan. The book is called "The Omnivore's Dilemma," a book kind of talking about the the changes in diet and what that uh, what the ramifications of that might be. But that's really the the last time I heard omnivore. So
1: fascinating stuff.
0: It is. Yeah. It is. Yeah. But mm-hmm. uh, and
1: then. Uh... Oh, I was going to say on the note of books, we should... Great time to remind our listeners and viewers that next week is book club.
3: Book and then
0: book club.
2: Book club. It's uh, time
0: for- book club. The Way oh. Out, a revolutionary... What is it called? Re- scientifically proven approach to chronic pain. Yes. Yes. Yep. Some of us are farther through the book than others but uh i've read I just
1: got mine from amazon and i haven't even opened the cover
3: well you're we good
2: one week brooke i know you can do it i think so
3: that should be encouraging for our listeners who haven't started the book either you can do it yeah. one week to go
1: yeah it doesn't look too overwhelming like the size of the book looks manageable so
0: no it's not too bad at all it's manageable and it's it's well written pretty smooth not too clunky it's a it's fun too the author's kind of funny so it's, it's good good read worth your while
1: cool can't wait
0: but i won't give up my my appraisals but we're actually uh yeah we're, we're going to talk about it next week so <laughs> that'll be fun <laughs> we won't get into it we won't get into it okay okay you almost did you almost Almost did did, but we won't get into it we'll do that next time we'll be fine hold off here okay uh jordan peterson got in a little little heat down here this last week not sure if you heard about that. yeah uh jordan peterson former professor i believe at university of toronto uh, who went on the the podcast? Another podcast. One of our competitors. One one of the podcasts that that is nipping at our numbers all the time. The Joe Rogan podcast. <laughs> and he spoke mm. with Joe Rogan, and they spun some yarns there. That uh, and there are three hours of talking. Uh, a few things were a little controversial from old Jordan Peterson, but that's kind of what he's known for. He's a rabble rouser. Likes to
1: absolutely yeah
0: stir things up so uh but so do we we stir things up all the time every week with our ambush right
1: exactly <laughs>
0: super controversial yeah <laughs> Yes, this controversial podcast where we're international and we uh we try to do what we can try to expand should lines. More,
3: should we get more controversial
0: is that what uh what we should do we would probably get, you know, a few people to listen just because of the controversial stuff we'd say. But honestly, I think we're just here to educate and mildly entertain, maybe accompany people as they're walking their dog or something.
1: That sounds about right.
0: That sounds about right. That's our speed. We're not here to outrage anybody, are we?
1: No, I don't think so.
0: I don't think so. Mm-mm. No. We talk about stuff like self-esteem and <laughs> other stuff. So we're not really there to hurt anybody's feelings. Yeah.
3: And other straightforward topics for tonight, right, Brooke?
2: It might be. It might be. Fingers crossed.
0: We will see. So Brooke has the topic for the evening.
1: I do. Should I send it? Is it time? Yeah, what the heck?
0: Let's go, let's go for it.
1: Let's jump it into is. it.
0: Okay, so ambushing us with the topic is Brooke. I am eagerly awaiting her text.
1: Ooh. Sent. She
0: sends it to me. Oh my gosh, so quickly. I can't believe it.
1: I wrote it down and then I copy pasted. I actually thought maybe we did this topic as a preface, but I think we've kind of like inadvertently talked about it throughout a few without actually doing a podcast on it.
0: We have not done a podcast on this. Yeah. Here we go. You ready, everybody? Ready. The impact of bullying behaviors on our development. Are there different types of bullying? Why do people bully? What are the impacts later in life? Yeah.
1: And uh, so I intentionally did say bullying behaviors versus bullying because we can definitely get into that how uh, like the definition of bullying uh, is is actually quite intense when we like like defined bullying as is prolonged and 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 a bit more intense. But there uh, I chose bullying behaviors because. I think there's other things that we call bullying that don't quite fit that definition, but still have a very lasting impact uh, on people. Maybe it's not as prolonged or maybe they're, it's, yeah. Uh, anyway, I thought bullying behaviors would better capture it. Um, and whether or not the impacts, the long-term impacts, I wanted to open that up for whether that be towards the persons who felt bullied or the bully themselves.
0: Great, great points here, Brooke. Uh, I- I'm going to ask you a little clarification here. Oftentimes, bullying is something that is uh, talked about in the context of school, school-aged kids.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, but we also know that some bullying behavior can continue into adulthood. So yeah. would you like us to focus on uh elementary school high school age kids or more just throughout the lifespan
1: um I think when I originally wrote it I, I was thinking more younger okay um but we could go into that adulthood as well be, well that could be part of the impact right like where they're you carry did, on or how you know, it affects how? development right so yeah yeah mm. so I I just know that for me a lot of clients come in it comes up all the time it doesn't matter their age they'll say and then i was bullied in this grade and it's really stuck with me or i think it's going back to that these like there's things that are sticking years 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 later that kind of go back to these moments of whether it's bullying behavior or like in really negative friend situations um yeah
0: excellent Okay, so we'll talk about bullying that took place maybe more in, in childhood, um, but uh, may have lifelong implications, right?
1: Sure. Childhood or adolescence.
0: All right. Looks like a job for the Mental Health Bootcamp podcast right here. I think so. As usual, we need to define our terms. What the heck are we talking about when we're talking about bullying? What do we mean?
3: Um, targeting um, targeting individuals trying to humiliate them put them down um,
0: could be physical could be verbal or emotional right yeah
1: antagonizing mean-spirited persistent often relentless
0: it, it's often a show of power, dominance, right? Some sort of a, mm-hmm. a play that, that really wants to establish I am, I'm stronger than you or smarter or something. I'm, I'm better than you, right?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can a one-off situation be a bullying situation? Like, Brooke, you noted consistent or persistent. Is there something like a one-time thing, you know, which I would say yes, right? If someone... I don't know if you'd agree or if it has to be repetitive over again, or if there could be a one-time thing of bullying behavior.
0: Yeah. Is there a line between like teasing and bullying?
1: Which I believe there technically is. Right. And that, again, that's why I was like, Oh, this is.
2: So are we just more bullying behavior? So not, we're not going for.
1: Yeah. Specifically like the definable bullying. Uh, I, I don't know if I'm making sense for listeners at all. It probably doesn't make sense at all.
0: Well, tell us, tell but me what your thoughts are on, on, cause you make that distinction in the, in the intro there. Yeah. Like building like, behavior versus bullying.
1: Yeah. Just kind of that relentless, persistent, ongoing, nagging, uh, mean, antagonizing, cruel, whether it's physical, emotional, verbal, um, intentional, targeted,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: I would consider that definable bullying versus, um, if it were something that somebody sure there might be like teasing, like occasional name calling or somebody, um, pokes fun at, or makes a joke and it, and it's not nice by any means. Right. But it probably, it might not be intentionally to hurt the person, although that's the outcome. Um, or if it was intentional to hurt the person, it happens once but not on an ongoing basis. So if something happens between some friends in October but nothing really happens again for, I don't know, until March or something like that, um, I think that would be relational conflict versus bullying. But both would have a big impact, depending on the, the, how the person is going to perceive that behavior and how close they are, right. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I think they would both have an impact. I think we would see that if it was something that was constant and uh, constant and, and also coming from multiple sources, it'd probably be much more oppressive to the individual, right? MM-hmm. Like it's a whole group of people or several people who are picking on me regularly. I'm always scared to go to school. I'm always scared to speak up or whatever that might be.
1: Mm-hmm. Now there's also um in the literature differences between how boys bully and how girls bully.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Right. So um have you guys noticed that or read about that?
2: Yeah, I, I think I would notice or I've noticed or, read about girls are more social relational there's more um there might not whereas boys there might be more aggressive behaviors pushing and uh more physical threatening threatening maybe or name calling versus girls I think it's uh it could be more passive it could be but it just ends up being more social and like isolating and uh spreading rumors and um yeah Like social
1: exclusion
2: yeah
1: yeah the term that i've heard used for for girls is relational aggression
2: Mm. so
1: yeah using the relationship as the power tool Mm. um so getting other friends to no longer like that friend or like that person uh excluding them from the group pushing them out and then kind of ignoring their presence even that they even Mm. exist right yeah
3: yeah more rumors a little more conniving perhaps where um stereotypically guys are um your boys are more i have an issue with you is a little more overt a little more could be a little more aggressive um physical for instance
0: um yeah sure, sure. i'll 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 tease you to your face i'll punch you in the face i'll uh steal something from you something like that right yeah take your lunch money sure okay so there's maybe yeah maybe some differences i'm sure it's not a hundred percent but uh generalizations kind of uh, maybe fall a little bit different along gender lines there
1: mm-hmm. and then another one i don't know we should probably touch on it but it would be online bullying does that change yeah right like we
0: don't
1: you you don't actually know if that's a male or a female and does that change the dynamic of that behavior
3: yeah which is a gigantic issue these days right and the lack of accountability Mm -hmm. Um, people can hide behind a screen and say awful things i think i think um it might be shifting a little bit. I know we have a, a local organization, a, a mother of a girl who was bullied extensively and committed suicide. Uh, her mom has been a huge advocate for more accountability and um, for those who are cyberbullying. bullying. Um,
0: Chris, I'm uh, going to pause for a second here. Actually, the term is completed suicide. Committed is something that we, we're not saying any longer. That's right.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Good point. Yeah. Yeah,
0: Just just semantics, but it's a little difference there. The the committed makes it seem committed is associated with committing a crime or um, like an offense on that person. We just say that someone either attempted or completed suicide. Yeah. Well, thanks for
3: clarifying that. PSA there. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Um, Also in the gaming world, I know a lot of uh, my clients connect through Discord and, and they're interacting with people playing the same game and sometimes it can be some, some pretty
0: nice nas- some nastiness on there mm-hmm. absolutely
1: mm-hmm. a and couple years a... oh go ahead Ryan
0: I was just gonna say regarding the gaming stuff uh, a couple years ago there was some some news that came out there there's a, a popular game among uh, young usually young boys called Fortnite um, mm-hmm. and and there's sort of a Uh, if you're, if you're good enough, then you're kind of part of the in group. And if you're not very good, then you're part of the out group. Like you're, you can be bullied for not being good enough at that game. And, uh, there was actually a small sort of business going on out there for, for tutors to help, help a kid get better at this game so that he wouldn't be picked on by his friends or classmates. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's, that's a whole other realm realm of like where the, where the bullying can come from. Like you're, you're no good at this. So we're going to make fun of you.
1: Wow. That's so interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I was going to say with the, um, the online presence, the cyber and social media and whatnot, um, another way bullying is showing up. It's not just like a, a direct attack on the person where they're like, know blowing up your comment section or direct or messages or whatever but they're also like creating fake profiles of you and then representing you in the cyber world and essentially like slandering you as a person because they're they're acting as you right and then going out and um causing harm
3: yeah it's such an interesting thing isn't it because when We were in high school, you'd experience certain dynamics at school, perhaps with your peers, and then you go home and then you have some separation from it. Whereas now a lot of the stuff is moving to online. um, So you can't really escape it. You pick up your phone and you check your social media, um, you know, apps and whatnot. And there's comments there or fake accounts, whatever that might be. So a bit of a shift there since we were
0: teenagers. There's another shift though, too. It's, it's interesting you bring this up, Brooke, because I was speaking with my eighth grader about this a uh, couple of weeks ago and um, talking about bullying. You know, what, does that happen at school? What's that, what's that like? And uh, he said, well, you know, we've, we've been talking about, <laughs> we, we've talked about bullying like throughout school. Like they talk about it every, every year. They talk about it all the often." And uh, the teachers are often saying, if you're being bullied, please let me know, you know, they'll be safe for you and and help you uh, help find a solution here, um, which I think is, is interesting. Uh, I'm not sure. I don't know any stats on if that's made any impact on actual incidents of bullying. But uh, you know, being an older person, uh, it's, you know, when I was in school, it was like, Oh, those guys are bullies. Stay away from them. And the the staff, faculty of schools didn't really have much to say about that. Just like, oh, they're, yeah, I guess you were. Those guys are bullies, so avoid them. Um, but uh, but now it's very much kind of integrated into into the curriculum. Even like, all right, if right, you're experiencing this, that, or the other. Uh, come to us. We'll we'll try to help you with it. There's still, as my my kid was saying, you know, if you go and you tell on the bully then the bully's going to know who it was that told on them maybe or they might know. And then it could get worse, which is kind of the same old problem that a lot of people experience. Like if you, if you uh, push back, what are the implications of that going to be? Mm-hmm. But at least it's more, it's, it's discussed and more open now that this sort of thing happens and it can have a really bad you know, detrimental effect on kids.
3: Yeah, for sure. Developmentally speaking, at that age, age of twelve up to early to mid twenties, uh, we've talked before about the increased in neurons, lack of pathways, and but there's a huge focus on developing connections. That's that's what you want during that phase. There's a lot of reasons why that is. It's very important to to uh, develop and enhance connections with your peers. So it's a bit of a shift away from your family towards your to um, your peers at school. Um, so often it's emotionally charged, right? Those comments or those situations, to Brooke's point earlier, can really stick with you because of that phase within your life, because of your age, because of what's going on within your brain and body during that time.
0: Well, and and going back to our, our topic from last week regarding self-esteem. Uh, you know, a lot of a lot of where we develop our self-esteem is is kind of the mirror that uh, that other people show to us. You know, if, if they're reflecting to us that we're we're OK or we're liked or loved or respected, that can be a good thing for our self-esteem. If, if we have certain people in our world who are showing or reflecting to us that we're uh not part of the group. We're not good enough. We're inadequate in certain ways. That's certainly going to make an impact on a kid's self esteem, right? Mm-hmm. for Sure, absolutely. Internalized. Yeah, I think
1: that. in absolutely, yeah, and I do think they're in some ways almost at learn or kind of feeds into maybe like learned helplessness, like later on, like the what's the point? So if throughout elementary school, middle school, high school. And there's been these attempts to connect or be part of something, find a sense of belonging. And it's always been shut down for whatever reason. And that feedback feedback's been given. I, I think that that's uh, a no brainer, a contributor to depression um, and that sense of why bother? Why should I even bother trying? It's not going to work. People don't like me
0: yeah.
1: um, or social anxiety on the other spectrum, right? Like a, if the emotions are going down or the emotions going way up, but um, fear of being accepted or not, and or being laughed at or ridiculed and that can carry on for quite some time.
3: Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I, I agree. Like because this is so ingrained in us to develop and foster strong connections. I think a lot of youth and kids, they try so hard, right? Mm-hmm. They're patient with it and they think out of the box and they, you know, it becomes their whole focus. Um, but if it's not working for them, that's where the learned helplessness comes in. And I think that's makes them more susceptible to experiencing the depression later. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, because if you're or not for sure that, yeah, trust mm-hmm.
1: that one comes up so often. Oh, I don't, I have trust issues and poke around and where does it come from? My best friend in grade six, I went to school and then she didn't want to be my friend anymore and it, I didn't know why and da, 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 da. Like there's just, it's amazing how often it kind of goes back to that.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Constantly. We have these memories that pop into our minds. There's a reason why they're, they're kind of there. often there's uh, some feelings Mm -hmm. and sensations associated with them. And usually it's in the childhood and teenage years where these, these
0: thoughts are stemming from. Mm -hmm. Can I tell the, It's probably I may have told this before, but can I tell the learned helplessness uh, research just to maybe illustrate that point a little bit? Go for it. So a long time ago, back in the 60s, when scientists were allowed to torture animals at will, still does, still is done sometimes, but they used to do that willy-nilly back in back in the day. Um, They were doing research with a dog, probably several dogs, but at least one dog in particular that um but they would they had the dog in a small cage and they had a like a, a metal floor and they were trying to teach the dog to uh it's a conditioned response thing so they would shock the floor of the cage and the dog would hit a lever in order to get the to, to stop the shock they were trained to do that so they would shock and the dog would hit the lever and shocking would stop and that was uh, a successful treatment like they taught the dog good you learned Um, at one point, this experiment went kind of haywire, the, uh, the shocking, the the lever wasn't stopping the shock any longer. Mm. They shocked the floor. The dog hits the lever. Nothing happens. The shock is still there. Hits the lever again, hits the lever again. Um, then, you know, still receiving the shock and like, oh my gosh, the, you know, the lever doesn't work anymore. Dogs trying to jump out, get out, claw its way out, can't get out. And then this interesting thing happens. The dog at this point, when, when it realizes there's nothing I can do about this, the dog just lays down on the floor and just takes it. And that became this concept of learned helplessness. There is nothing I can do to change this bad, bad behavior, bad uh, you know, stimulus, bad consequences happening to me. I can't stop it. So I may, might as well just lay down and take it. And that has been, uh, that was kind of taken to the world of of depression studies. is like, wow, that seems really similar to what a lot of people experience with depression. I've tried to change my circumstances. I've tried to make make a difference, but I don't feel like I have any power to change anything. So I might as well just lay down and take it. Mm -hmm. And I think that certainly applies to what we're talking about with depression, where some kids who are like, you're picking on me. I'm, I'm trying to be your friend. I'm trying to maybe tell somebody about it. Nothing's happening. I'm just getting picked on. I guess it's just hopeless. I'm just going to learn. I've learned to be helpless in this situation. There's nothing more I can do. And that's a, that's a very much a major precursor to, to major depression.
2: Hmm.
1: Diana, did you have your hand up?
2: I was just, um, yeah, it's really interesting, Ryan. I I was just wondering, is there a a point to which the body's nervous system might kick in, and there's almost like a freeze mode or a, a shutdown mode? After, you know, like I'm I'm like I got to go in inward because I can't get out of this. Is that? I,
0: I'm I I would imagine so. I I could yeah. only theorize on that, but I would say that certainly this the sense of I. Like I, I can no longer be effective. There's nothing I can mm. do. So I might as well just kind of lay down and and sure, kind of the 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 possum sort of uh freeze mode, I think would certainly apply there. Mm. I'll just take take the beating and kind of hope, I guess, that it'll stop because there's nothing I can do about it. Mm. Very, That's very unfortunate.
1: horrible situation. Is that it then carries forward to realize that, you know, uh that it was in a temporary situation it wasn't the situation will eventually change you're not going to be in the same class with those people you're not um they're not going to carry with you through life and all of these different yeah anyway
0: eventually
1: the situation changes
0: which is why so many people you know are are so distraught and so uh upset when when a young person does complete suicide, because they're like, Oh my gosh, this was, this was a time in your life. Things can get better. Things will get better, but, but the adolescent brain can't often see past that. And especially an adolescent brain that is uh, has already learned helplessness. They're like, life is never going to get better. Why keep going? You know? Yeah. And,
2: and, and some of the, you know, bullying behaviors that they could experience are incessant right and just having the idea of having to go through that on a daily basis and it's been going on for weeks and you got to do this for years like whoo like I bet you just feel like you got to get out of there there's no ending the pain or whatever's going on right so I just couldn't imagine being in that place that that I can't school can't do anything I can't they know they had a fat like you know I just I've never been in that position thankfully but I would imagine it's hard, you know, the one day this will be gone or this won't be a thing or it'll be behind you. Gosh, that, yeah, yeah I wish that had more power, but it doesn't help the kids who are dealing with it on a daily basis.
1: Yeah. And yeah. it's tough too. circling back to the uh, role of technology in this. So mm-hmm. the, the gal up here that Chris is referring to, it's a quite a famous case. So um, the gal that passed away, her name's Amanda Todd. And what happened for her, she was, in grade nine, I think when it was happening, but she tried switching schools two or three different times. So you tried to get away from it. But unfortunately, this, uh, the, the bully is an adult from a different country who's now back and being tried, like currently.
3: Hmm. So
1: charges are going to be laid against him, uh, I hope.
3: It's actually but extradited he, to Canada, which is yeah. a big deal to face yeah. charges.
1: To face charges. So, um, but part of her story was no matter where she went, she went, she would go to a different school and she would think things are going okay. And then all of a sudden word would get out about what was going on at the last school. And now all of a sudden there was the group of people that would bully her there. And so then she went to, yeah, so she ended up going I think to three different schools and it just followed her around. Um, So even changing, doing what she could to change her situation she just didn't feel she was ever going to get through it, right? right?
3: A lot of it's like, again, physiological, right? Based on that age, like I'm sure we've all had experiences where you were excluded or left out of something, were invited to a birthday party or whatever it might be. There was like a, you know, it's not just, it's the implicit part of ourselves. It's the, they say the implicit or unconscious minds is a million times more powerful than our conscious mind, right? So I think that's what people tend to, remember years down the road it's the feelings that they had right
2: mm-hmm.
3: how 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 much that was so impacted their sense of identity and self esteem and self worth so it kind of imprinted on them right but there's a lot of reasons why like you know we have high school reunions so we go back and reminisce on this five years of our life we've had lots of five year segments in our lives that we don't go back and <laughs> rehash and Mm-hmm. back with the people during that phase. There's a reason why I think it's such an influential time, right?
0: <laughs> right. What if, What if I had a reunion for the the time between I was, you know, thirty two and thirty six? Sure. <laughs> hey, who was I with there? Hey, yeah. guys. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it's true, Chris. It's such a, such a key developmental stage uh, of development there. And, and even as, as ooh, ooh, when people do those reunions, it's like, here's who you were then, and, and then here's who we are now. You're like Maybe you've developed a completely different person by that point. Like, life, life changes for everybody. And that's kind of the fun of going to a reunion is seeing who's, uh, you know, how life has changed for people.
3: Yeah, for sure. But that bullying term is diversified so much. I guess this is one big point we're trying to make. You know, it's not like the uh, watching the movie Billy Madison with the O'Doyle family or O'Doyle O'Doyle rules. Yeah. This is the family yeah. of bullies, um, you know, larger than the, the rest of the peers who goes and kind of picks on one, one person in the class and it's kind of relentless. I think it's diversified so much these days often might be even like it's very cliquey mm-hmm. often can be quite cliquey so sometimes it's more than popular kids for instance who might be excluding others or
0: uh for whatever reason so yeah. Uh, i i like this question you have here brooke why do people bully yeah and and i like this because we, especially in our profession, we spend a lot of time focusing on the people who have been the recipients of negative behavior, right? Um, and and there, certainly there are portions of, of mental health that focus on the, the perpetrators, but I think I think it's less so. <laughs> like, we don't spend enough time really talking about, well, what, hap- what happened so that this person ended up hurting someone else, you know? Mm -hmm. and what is what's that about and and if necessary what can we do to help them either in a preventative or a post sense you know and there are a lot of a lot of grown-ups walking around who were the bullies and maybe they feel a lot of guilt about that maybe they've they've changed and they're feeling like oh my gosh I'm yeah, I bullied several people, or maybe I even bullied someone to the point where they hurt themselves, or they developed, uh, you know, some sort of complex about that. And uh, so I think it is important for us to take a look at, at that side of things, too. I think I think mental health requires a look at both of those sides, right? Certainly, we want to pay attention to the people who are victimized. But what about the people who who perpetrated that?
1: Yeah. And I I rarely do I ask clients directly, like if they were a bully, but they, often say things that make me think they might be like um those are not my best of years Mm. or um i was a shithead back then or i did a lot of things i wasn't proud of i did a lot of things i wasn't proud of like there people come in and they're i think there's so they do hold a lot of uh regret and shame when they realize what they've done and the impact that probably had on those people, Uh, and I think it's quite deep, that shame, and it is impacting them or coming out in a different way, and uh, I I do think that there's a lot of trauma with that. There was Drikers, which is kind of like an Adlerian, of course, bring up the Adler, but he he was a big fan of uh, like encouragement and praise and stuff, and so he said if there's two young kids and they're having a fight when one kid punches the other kid who do you hug and Dreikers would say you would hug the, the guy that did the punching the kid that punched not the kid that got hurt like you would hug the other one first because chances are that kid is going through something that's quite big to make him act out in that way
3: sure.
1: right mm-hmm. so trying to take a look at where is that negative behavior even coming from and what is that home life like and what has this child been through to feel that the need to do that.
3: Yeah. Imagine being the kid that get, got punched in the face, though. I'm I know, like, and then the you didn't get a hug.
1: <laughs> I know.
0: Yeah.
1: I think it was just a like.
0: Yeah, yeah. To totally, like, oh, that one's I trendy. think
1: they all deserve a hug.
0: I agree. There's, there's a, uh, a movie that came out uh, in 2010 called Greenberg. It had Ben Stiller was one of the was the main character in that movie, and a quote came from that movie which i'm sure has been around for much longer than that film but it's what left a mark for me where he says hurt people hurt people Mm -hmm. and and i think that's a really important point for us to remember it's not it's not to let people off the hook or to say you know to excuse away everything everyone's behavior but to understand how to how are bullies created because I believe I believe they are created. Um, I believe it's more uh, nurtured than nature, oftentimes, and that uh, oftentimes, if you were to, to look into the life of a bully, you would probably see some pattern of themselves being bullied or some aggression in their own family. Uh, maybe they had an self-esteem stuff. An older sibling that may have bullied them some mm-hmm. self-esteem stuff some some things that made them feel like i'm powerless and for whatever reason they felt like for the way for me to gain power is to dominate other people uh, either verbally or physically or or otherwise we're talking about and so this is a hurt person who is hurting another person mm-hmm. and and again this is not to, to excuse any of the behavior that bullies inflict but it's to say okay uh this may go deeper and maybe even like a more generational thing or, or mm-hmm. go, go down the line here.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. I think understanding is definitely different than giving permission to. Right. Um, and once we understand, I think there can be a bit of a paradigm shift or or a perspective shift to say, what are we going to do about this? And yes, there needs to be consequences for that behavior, but we also maybe want to rope in, let's get this kid some support. Like, let's get some counseling and let's find out what's going on at home. And uh, like, there's a, this is a red flag and let's investigate this further opposed to let's put you in juvie and make this worse. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Sometimes you have to do that. Sometimes juvie is necessary, but you you know, like um, there, I think there needs to be a balance there. Mm -hmm.
3: Absolutely. Yeah, I think support needs to go to to both people for sure. Mm-hmm. Instead of just, um, get out of here and you're suspended, and go back home. That might be where the issue is. Mm-hmm. You,
0: know? you know, it's interesting because as I'm thinking about this, like the, the hurt people, hurt people thing, and someone being sent to juvie, I guess in my head that I'm thinking more of the, the boys and the physical stuff, right? I'm curious about what, what you guys might think about the the female side of things where it's, um, maybe more verbal or relational bullying as you're talking about, right? Not um, I, I to say that's not that's not also coming from a place of hurt too. But but is there is there are there other components maybe? Like what what would cause you know the Mean Girls situation, right? Uh, from the movie Mean Girls, like uh, we're we're a group of girls and we're gonna exclude this other person and maybe spread some rumors about her. Where do you think that might come from?
2: Joe, do no, I don't. I don't. Yeah, I don't think it's too far from what okay. would make someone else hurt someone else. I don't know. I think what's going on for that person. I'm curious if someone's hurting someone else, or is they're seeking power, or are they seeking control. Maybe they feel, you know, I don't know how. Oh, is she frozen? Oh, and sometimes We've... you
0: know. Uh oh. Oh, we froze. Froze, Joe. Maybe they feel what.
2: Oh, am I frozen? Yeah. Um, I don't know, just seeking, the, we all want to belong, but it's, I think just, yeah, I think there could be self-esteem things there. Um, insecurities, right. Mm-hmm. They, and, you know, wanting to kind of be at the top or be the one doing the talking about other people. So you're not receiving it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's a group mentality, like you, you just want to fit in. So you might do things or say things to other people, if that's what the group's doing, kind of the follower mentality there. Um, but I, I don't think it's far from what would make someone punch someone out. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: I don't know if for guys, it is like a physical power piece, but for girls, it's the social power piece, right? So if you're going to feel threatened that someone's going to take your social hierarchy <clears throat> that you're going to, have fewer friends if this person thrives because everyone's going to want to be their friend. And then they're not going to want to, there's not going to be enough room for you. Then you're going to take them out.
0: I can see that. Sure. Sure. You're a threat to my social status, right? I was, I was most popular in the class, but you, if you're threatening that, then I want to make sure to knock you back into place
1: or maybe not even social status, but belonging. Like Mm. these are my friends and they're my crew. And if you're gonna take them, I'm not gonna allow that, right? Like it's Mm -hmm. kind of territorial, like socially territorial um, without it necessarily being popularity because this dynamic could happen for the popular kids or the less popular kids. It It doesn't really matter. It's threatening that sense of belonging and connection.
3: Yeah, sure. It's like sensing a threat, like this person is a threat to you somehow. Yeah. Um in terms of you may lose connection. Um you may lose that, you know, your your partner, um, you might be seeking the same boy. It could be
1: or your best friend.
3: Or your, best friend. your best friend. Or you maybe use jealousy. Perhaps. Maybe you're
2: not feeling good about yourself, so you might not realize that but feel you projecting it onto other people or making other people feel bad for
0: projection yeah
2: yeah yeah yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> sure sure that's uh, uh, yeah I, I i could see that it's uh i guess it's it's an insecurity on on you know, regardless of of the gender stereotype here but it's uh manifests in a different way Mm -hmm. like you may be a threat to me uh, to my group or to my status or to my identity in one way so i want to knock you down so that you don't continue to be a threat in that way and And the way i I do that can be differently
2: yeah and i think too there's you know depending on how you're raised or different things. There could just be differences and you're different from me. So, and I'm going to make you feel bad for that or whatever. Right. Like, it, I don't know if a threat's there every time someone bullies, um, but there could be just beliefs or different. Yeah. We look different. You're different. You're doing something weird. I'm going to make fun of you for it. Like, yeah, I think there's all kinds of things there that play.
3: That might be driving that. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Mm boo to bullying
1: I know but so I'm always, I, I do appreciate that there is in the past <clears throat> handful of years like a lot more education and awareness brought up in schools and in homes about that and um, and efforts to like not just what supports can we have around helping the victim or helping the bully, but also teaching other people in the school just how can you help? So if there is someone new at school, make sure you introduce yourself. Or if you notice someone is sitting alone, go and sit with them or ask them how their day is. If you can see that someone doesn't have a lot of friends, maybe learn their name and say hello to them when you're in class. Like, What can you do to reach out to the people that you can see aren't being included, um, even if it's in a really small way? And so I think there's been a big movement for that type of buffering which is, I think, extremely has been extremely important.
3: I agree. I think empowering um, the students, other students, right? Yeah. I know I think you guys have all seen Ted Ted Lasso, right? And one of the equipment managers is being kind of picked on by some of the players and another player noticed a potential leader or leader on the team says, Why well, aren't you gonna go do something to the coach? And the coach is like, No. If I do, he's just going to, it's probably going to make it worse. It's going to, you're going to come down way harder on him. So uh, basically insinuating that the leader on the team needs to step up and take care of it. Right. Which he ended up doing. So yeah, I think empowering other students perhaps and educating them that way Mm -hmm. because often uh, you know, it does take a lot of strength and courage to do so. And we don't want someone to, uh, we don't want any harm to be caused to anyone, of course, but, but how powerful that can be for someone to stand up for you. One of your classmates versus a, a teacher.
1: Which is where our pink shirt day came from. We've talked about that on a previous podcast in the banter. So that's anti bully day up here. And it was uh, a, a young boy went to school. He was wearing a pink shirt. People bullied him. So the next day, the cool, some of the cool kids showed up, the guys wearing pink shirts to make a point, And, uh, Yeah, it's just grown and grown and grown. So now we have this National Pink Shirt Day, which is Anti-Bully Day.
0: Oh, wonderful.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So just, you know, those, those different things. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And that's, and those tend to be the, the stories and, and... You know, the things that are that are inspirational at this point in in our history like when someone who's been marginalized someone who's different someone who looks different or has different abilities is uh is really celebrated by their, their classmates you know that's it's inspirational and it's something that we see as, as a really positive thing of course that doesn't happen everywhere and it doesn't happen all the time It doesn't happen with all the students who feel left out but it's nice that at least there's a, a an a identification of the fact that, hey, different doesn't mean worse, you know? I mean, everyone's valuable. Everyone has worth and value. So let's recognize that and let's uh, appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Um, another point that you raised in the questions here, Brooke, were what are the impacts later in life, which I think is is really interesting, too, because certainly... As we talked about, you know, some, maybe some bullies can take some guilt or shame into their later life, but certainly those who are bullied absolutely can take that, um, and those uh, same sort of feelings can be maybe triggered, or, or you know, the, they find themselves in a certain uh, circumstance, and like, oh no, the 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 boss is asking something of me, and and I feel like I'm being bullied again, right? So these same sorts of things, if if not really worked through deeply and 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 deeply understood, we can re-experience the same sort of feeling on through life, can't we? Yeah, mm-hmm.
1: absolutely.
0: So so what, what have you seen and what what how does that manifest in, in adults uh when this bullying stuff has has taken place? I think a lot
3: of it is uh <clears> the <throat> physiological, that sensation in your heart, that uh, the, the pain in the stomach, the intrusive or quick negative thoughts about yourself or, or overanalyzing or, or avoiding, like often it uh, can be quick and intensive <clears throat> and takes a bit of awareness to, to recognize.
2: There could be timidness in social relationships or trying to get to know other people or are they, am I going to be judged? Can I, can, you know, can I open up to them? Is there some, something going to be used against me? You know, trust. Yeah.
1: And I think a lot of uh, like negative mind reading, you know, assuming what other people are thinking of you without really much evidence. So whether that be a colleague or um, an acquaintance or whatever, it might be someone new where all of a sudden you're assuming that they're thinking negative things about you. When they're probably not, they're probably thinking about, you know, what they're going to have for lunch or whatever it might be.
3: Yeah, for sure. I think we all have different defense mechanisms that we create to deal with really difficult, challenging situations. So reading into s- scenarios and erring on the side of caution. I have a client who was bullied a bit in his teenage years and he's in his later 20s now, but for him, he, if someone makes a joke about him, he'll lash out a bit and quickly and sharply, um, uh, you know, comment or or just kind of attack, kind of attack mode. Right. And then usually that stops, stops it. But of course that defense mechanism is kind of working against him lots of other ways. So.
0: Um, Mm -hmm. So, so really what it is, is, is it, it's this interesting thing that the, the human brain does where, even if we might be 20 30 years removed from these incidents when we start to feel like uh oh it's happening again like um you know any sort of signal sorts of tell sort of tells us that oh the the bullying is on and it's happening to me right now we tend to go right back to that same place of of you know my whole social world is is exploding or my all my status is whatever that might be. I'm being attacked on all fronts, and we can respond as if as if it were happening the first time. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
3: for sure. You can read into that situation yeah. incorrectly. You could be overly aggressive. You could hide. You can um, remove yourself. You can analyze a right. heck out of it. So go home and you just analyze it. Analyze it. And uh, in the end, you find out it wasn't a big deal, or they weren't actually intending what you thought they did. Like, it's it's that idea that sometimes our reactions have the magnitude of past situations, right? So bullying can can uh, can definitely show up in that way. That a comment from someone, you react, yeah, you know, harshly to it, and that might be stemming from that.
1: Mm-hmm. It's true. Yeah. I think uh, sometimes loneliness, but a fear of reaching out and developing relationships as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah. sure. Like having a a bit of a life of solitude.
3: Yeah. Yeah, being very careful about who you hang out with. Some clients who've experienced bullying, they're very, very nervous and anxious around new people. So when you go to a party, for instance, they yeah, they um, have quick judgments or, or not quite themselves around new people until they realize this person's safe. And then they kind of open up a bit and they connect on a deeper level.
0: Well, and let me just be explicit about the fact that what we're talking about when we talk about bullying is trauma.
1: Oh, yeah. It's, it's, I didn't want to bring it up, you know.
0: You bring the trauma person. So I'll I'll yeah, bring it up for you. Thanks. I, absolutely. Sure. Uh it's it's a trauma. It's a trauma that someone experiences, and and it could be a, as, as Joe was talking about, it might be a one time trauma, or it could be trauma that's experienced over time. And as it is with trauma, with with, you know, in the most extreme case, post traumatic stress disorder, it's something that we can relive, something that can be re, can be triggered, something that we can re experience. And if we're in a, if we were traumatized at fourteen, and we have all these physical sensations and these thoughts that, that come up and feelings. And then at 34, something similar happens. It's quite possible that we could re-experience some of that trauma or, or be kind of transported back to that same set of feelings that we experienced. Would you say so Brooke trauma?
1: Person? Yeah.
0: <laughs> yes.
1: Mm-hmm. And Joe, yeah. Joe does a lot of trauma.
0: Yes, of course. Both of you do. Sure yeah so so bullying and trauma are kind of
1: synonymous
0: synonymous really yeah yeah and so it doesn't it's not surprising that we might experience yeah. if we were traumatized younger Then we're going to experience some of the same the same symptoms yeah. later on in life
1: yeah. and it's really tricky because it is like a relational trauma for the most for a lot of it um so therefore, the triggers later on in life might be more subtle. It might be, um, I don't know, somebody looking at you a certain way or walking into a room and people were talking and then they stopped talking or hearing that two people went for coffee and they didn't invite you. Or it, like there it, it, it might be really quite a bit more subtle versus if you're in a car accident and you were turning left and got hit. And I were to say, okay, every time you turn left, like it's much more overt versus a tone or a look.
0: Yep. Yep. So, so what can we do then Brooke or what, or Chris or Joe, anybody, what is it that, uh, that someone can do in their adulthood, say that you were bullied? Maybe we can talk about if you were the bully, but what is it that that might be helpful for someone who was bullied? Um, and they start to re-experience some of these things with coworkers or bosses or spouses or whatever it might be. Um, how do we help them as mental health professionals?
2: could help them identify kind of what's triggering them or what what memories are being brought up and allow them space to kind of identify some of those feelings and how it's feeling in their body thinking of those memories and maybe there's an opportunity to kind of tackle some negative thinking patterns from that kind of started back then and try to challenge those a little bit
1: Mm -hmm. yeah somatic stuff to work with the physical reactions that are coming up Right? So if, because uh, viscerally in your body, you're going to feel things. Uh, and this also comes up as we're talking about adults. Another one where it could impact them is if you have children and when your children are the age that you were, when you were bullied, that that's actually a big trigger. So now, you know, your daughter is 14 and all of a sudden you're feeling anxious all the time. And this it could be related, right? So, how do how do you decompress that body, and how do you relax and trying to reset that? Understanding that you're being exposed to a trigger, but it's not actually threatening. So, desensitizing that trauma trigger for yourself.
2: That's great.
3: Sure. Yeah, I think uh, connecting those dots can be can be great. Um, kind of piecing it all together, realizing that. You know, I talked about this before, that if your reaction doesn't fit the situation, it's probably feeling memory or body memory. So trying to pinpoint that can be helpful and to process that. Uh, Do some writing about that, but ultimately trying to calm that physiological reaction. So calm the body and shift the mind, right? Take that deep breath and realize that these are probably feeling memories, body memories. Um, Do some grounding exercises, whatever that might look like. And then shift the mind so you can repeat a mantra or, you know, step into that discomfort a bit and realize that what you face in the past um, doesn't necessarily have to repeat itself moving forward, right? The circumstances are different.
0: Yeah, that's what I'd piggyback on is that the circumstances are different. I mean, being a child or an adolescent is there's an inherent powerlessness that goes along with that that um it's easy to slip back into that like I, I don't have a voice I can't make a stand or I can't there's nothing I can do here that learned helplessness that you had um but as an adult if you're feeling that way for one thing if you're as, if you are an adult then you survived what it is you went through in the past and that that bit of resilience can be nice to to lean on and say wow I'm, I'm I made it through that maybe I can make it through this here too but also I may have more resources now. I may have more, um, more of a voice, more people to reach out to things I can do to help me uh, not re-experience what I experienced in the past.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah.
1: And then there's also trauma treatment stuff like EMDR. Or, um, uh, yeah. Just different things that people can do. Should there be different type of processing that you need, but there are a lot of behavioral strategies or perspective things, cognitive strategies, relaxation techniques, distraction techniques, all kinds of things to help.
0: Certainly. Did I tell you guys about the time my car was stolen when I was in high school?
1: I don't know. No. So. Oh, was it? Actually,
0: from a yeah, bully? I think you did.
3: Yeah.
0: <clears throat> did I tell it here? Uh, I don't what think so.
3: No.
0: I was a senior in high school. And uh, I was in—I I lived in a small town. It was a, a two-high school town. Everyone kind of knew everybody, really. And my car was stolen like a Monday morning. I walked out to my driveway to get in my Volkswagen Rabbit to drive to school, and it wasn't there. I was like, "Whoa, what happened here?" And um, I'm—I should preface this to say I'm not sure that I was the the target of bullying, but it's probable, like, it's probable that maybe I was like, you know, there were kids who I had a lot of friends, but there were kids who maybe didn't like me so much. So I don't know. It may have been bullying. Um, five days after the car was stolen, uh, it was found and, um, towed back to my, my home and it had four flat tires and, uh, the stereo was stolen, and all this stuff my letterman's jacket was stolen a um, bunch of stuff was just broken in the car and and carved into the uh the the car into the paint of the car was "f off and and true to the times, the word rad was carved in with like a knife and uh so. I went and got new tires in the car and new seat belts. They were cut out and put a new stereo in the car. But I'm pretty sure like this is, this is kind of dicey, you know, uh, I probably had been the, targeted here for this. Uh, and I didn't have the money and the car wasn't worth it to get a paint job. So I drove around town with FU, oh, <laughs> no. all the full words, FU, F off, and rad right on the car. And it was kind of beat up. Um, but one of my friends, uh, like the next week, he looked at my car and he said, you know, let's let's do something about this. So he took out his key, his own car key, and he carved his name into the hood of my car, like in a heart. <laughs> right. And pretty soon. Other friends were carving their name into my car with their keys and my whole car became like uh A yearbook like signature page like there were everyone wanted to carve their name into this car right onto the paint of the car and just carve right right into that and it became kind of cool for me Hmm. and it it was again I'm not sure if it was it was really bullying or not but uh, it was something that was sort of a source of shame or or like oh this is an uncomfortable thing but to be able to to I guess through my friends be able to kind of lean on some of their love and kind of turn it into something that was more positive and actually kind of funny was a, uh, was a really nice outcome.
2: Cool. I like that. So That's I really guess, cool, I great.
0: I guess what I would say when it comes to, to the bullying stuff is um, if at all possible, try not to lean into the, the negatives, try not to lean into the bullies try try to do what you can to lean into the people who love you, you know? Yeah. The, the people who who are going to accept it and love you and support you and uh and just let you know that you're cared for. It's so tempting to to focus on the ones who are are negative towards you, but if you can, if you have other people out there who love you, try to focus on them because that makes all the difference in the world, you know?
2: That's great. Yeah. I I would not want to be around while people are, people are purposely putting stuff like I could just shudder thinking about the sound that I must make oh, putting, I like in the side oh. of a car. Um. So yeah. Um, this, this the sound was crazy. horrible,
0: and the car looked horrible, but it was. But well, what it a was, cool
2: thing! It kind of took. Oh, what, yeah, it added, made it its own thing. It makes me think. There's, um, if you watch, uh, I think. America's Got Talent or something whatever Simon Cowell's on um and uh there's a song and a girl came on I guess she posts videos and stuff on the internet YouTube and there's a lot of trolls bringing her down and saying really mean things so she just literally made a song of all their comments that's like all the words are exactly just what people said and it sounds great it's got really yeah I thought it was you could probably YouTube it but I just thought it was really neat she literally took all the negative and just made it into a song and it was yeah. really cool, and it sounded sure. awesome, and it was funny.
1: Blackout poems.
2: Yeah, blackout poems, yeah. yeah.
1: So what blackout those? poems, um, when somebody sends a, like, a long negative comment, or, you know, a decent-sized negative comment, but then you black out the words you don't want, and you end up making a poem out of the select words within the comment.
0: Oh, nice. And
1: you can really, yeah, um, I've seen some like bakers, I guess they're like chefs and bakers and or one person in Alberta. So she's been getting some like hate comments, which is super weird because she like, you know, bakes for a living and is funny and genuine. But yeah, so she's been posting blackout poems from all of her hate comments.
0: It's great. Really, truly transforming this negative into something that's more positive. huh? Yeah. Yeah.
3: Random, I'm curious, uh, when all these people were writing on your car, did you do a handwriting analysis and see if one matched the the rad or the... You're like, you're like Barry, it was you. Let's give you some support.
0: I should oh. have. I should have done that. But no, I didn't. I think people had just had fun doing this sort of absurd thing of scratching their name into a car. But, yeah. uh, but I should have looked at the handwriting analysis. But it did a good job of, of covering up the bad words. So that was nice. That's good. Ah. Brooke, I love this topic. This is great. Was helpful. Cool. Helpful. Yeah. And insightful to get into this stuff. This is good. Uh, did we cover your topic?
1: Yep, I think so.
0: Okay. Well, then we will we will end with that and we'll say good night for now. Good night to those who were bullied and those who were former bullies and hopefully not continuing to be bullies. Um, but we will say good night. That's it. Like and subscribe. Apple, Google, Podbean, Audible, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube. Send your questions to info.feministbootcamp.com. Visit us on Facebook or Instagram. Show a friend or two. And good night
3: everybody Night Night everybody
0: bye